it's an honor to be up here. It's, I was telling someone that uh, I was up here about a year ago, and I got to thinking about it, and my, my time is off. She always fusses at me because what seems like a year has been like four or five years a lot of times. I guess the older we get, the more that happens. But uh, it is a blessing to be up here. It's a beautiful church, wonderful people up here. Y'all are blessed. Uh, it's, it's a privilege, though. Uh, I want to say that uh, Chad's a dear friend of mine. I don't know if y'all have that friend that's uh, closer than a brother, that sticketh closer than a brother, but that's Chad to me. Chad knows all the good things about me, but he knows all the bad things, too. That's who Chad is to me. He's the one that uh, that I love like a brother, for real, and seriously. And uh, I just want y'all to know that about him. He's, he's a dear friend of mine. So, that being said, uh, if you'll open your Bibles up to Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 and 2 here in just a minute, and try just to read a little message out of there, and dig into it, but I feel like I need to tell you this, do y'all ever have uh, weeks, days, maybe just mornings that Satan fights you, feels like everything you do, he's going against you, it's been this weekend for me. If, you, if you've never had that, stand up, raise your hands up, and just thank the Lord. Because I, I've had back trouble since I broke my back. Well, then that turned into hip trouble the last month. My hip's been hurting. My doctor gave me a steroid pack to help my hip <laughs> get inflammation out of it. Well, that turned into having uh, gout in my toe. Y'all ever had gout before, anybody? It turned into gout in my toe. So then the gout hurt worse than my hip hurt. So I've had gout this weekend. Well, it also messed my stomach up. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be a terrible weekend. I'm trying to study. My toes hurt. My stomach's hurting. I'm just not feeling good. I'm just praying, Lord, help me. I can't hardly sleep. I just keep praying. Y'all ever try to make excuses up in your mind why you can't do something? I'm thinking, I can't be up here this Sunday not feeling good. Woke up this morning, I looked in the mirror. I don't have much hair. I usually keep my hair shaved down real short. I feel like my hair is sticking up. I feel like I just, y'all ever have the mornings and you just want to go back to bed and be done with it? That's been this morning for me. That was yesterday for me. So, uh, but you know, I just, I said, Lord, just help me, please. Just help me preach. Help me be up here. So we just got to keep going for him, don't we? If we make a fool out of ourselves, if, if nothing comes out right, we're doing it for him. And we've got to remember that. No matter how hard things get, we're doing it for him. So, I want to bring you a message this morning. Uh, being made alive in Christ. I've been, I've been having just a, a spirit of revival in my heart. Me and some of my preacher friends, we just go to revivals, just random places. We visit churches all over the place. We've been uh, down to Yancey County. Uh, Yakinville, we've been to uh, Wilkes, Ash, Avery, uh, obviously Watauga, where we're at. We just go around and visit revivals, and we have a good time. But down at Timber Ridge, our home church, Brother Derek Wilson. Do you all know Brother Derek Wilson, anybody? Brother Derek's kicking off revival today, him and uh, David Ward and Eric Cornett. So we're kicking off revival this morning. And I feel like it's a time to have revival like our uh, our country we talked about in Sunday schools in need of revival I feel like our homes 
our schools, our, our hearts. I feel like the, the whole world's going to need a revival right now. I feel like that things are just in a state of needing to revive. We've got lost people that need to just come out of this. They need Jesus. We've got people just backslidden that need Jesus. We need revived. We need to get ourselves right with the Lord is what we need this morning. I've had a spirit of revival on my heart. We've been to revival. Most everybody here has been to revival at some point, haven't they? They've seen a revival. But I want to tell you if, you, if you're saved this morning, you've experienced true revival. You've had that, uh, that change in you where you've been revived from a state of being dead spiritually to being made alive spiritually. That's true revival right there. That being said, you've, uh, you've overcome the disease of sin, sickness. You've had that... Uh, Deliverance out of hell if you've been revived by Jesus this morning. If you've not, today's the day for it. If you've got a heartbeat, you've still got hope. But if you're saved, you've had that blood applied to you. You've been quickened. You've been quickened. You've been made whole. You've been made alive. Jesus makes a difference. He's still in the business of making a difference today. Uh, let's get on to our scripture here. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. It says, and you hath he quickened, you hath he quickened. Word quickened means made alive, being made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. When we was lost, we was dead in trespasses and sins. Every one of us. It says, wherein time passed, you walked according to the course of the world. According to the prince, the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. One of you men pray for us before we preach this morning, please. We pray for my brother. I want to look at the first point here. Sometimes it's good to look at things just simple and plain. Everyone, everybody that's ever stood on this earth was born dead in sin. Everyone, except for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, everybody was born dead in sin, except for Jesus. They were born separated from God because of their sin from the fall of Adam. Everybody. It says, verse 1, it says, and ye, or new hath he quickened. He, quickened. he quickens because he was dead in sin. He brought us hope. He brought hope to a hopeless situation. We was in a hopeless situation. We was lost. We was in a state of nothing we could do for ourselves. And Christ come to this earth and died on Calvary so we could have hope. He brought us hope when we was dead in sin. Hope wasn't lost because of Christ. He quickened us. 
if you're saved this morning, it's only because of Christ that we have hope. But this word quickened here, I want to look at it. It only applies to you. You've only been quickened if you know Christ. If not, this morning, you're on your way to hell. Just, just to be basic about it, just to be honest about it, you're on your way to hell. This hope only applies if you know Christ. But hope isn't lost either. I want to take a minute, I want to look at the, what Webster's 1828 dictionary says about quickened. It says, to be quickened is to be made alive. When you was born again, if you're born again, that means you've been made alive. It says to be revived. Uh, your soul's been revived. It says regenerated. You've been regenerated. It says stimulated. That's what Christ does to you when you're born again. He makes you alive. He revives you. He regenerates you. He stimulates you. He makes a difference in your life. Um, I, 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 was, I was telling someone this. I actually mentioned this sermon a while back. Uh, my wife, since I've been married to her, she gets up every morning and makes a cup of coffee, a strong cup of coffee. I'm sure most of y'all do the same. And it gets her going. She's got me doing that now. I have a cup of coffee in the morning and a lot of times in the evening too. It wakes you up. It gets you going. It, uh, it moves you. It, it gives you that energy, that boost. That's what Christ does to your soul when you're dead. When he gives you that blood and he applies it to your life, he, he gives you a quickening. He gives you that boost. He changes everything and gets you going. He gives you a place in eternity to be with him. That's what the blood of Christ does to you. You think about a fence post out here. A fence post is never going to be alive. But us, when Christ applies that blood to us, he brings you alive spiritually. Man can be born once and die twice. You'll face that second death. With Christ, you can be born twice and die once and not face that second death. When you're quick, then that's what Christ does for you. When He regenerates you, when He revives you. Sin, when we're lost, has a grip on us. Sin's a lifestyle. <clears throat> Death has a grip on us. And I want to talk about sin for just a second. When... Sin has a grip on you, you'll never get a grip on sin. You can't get a grip on something that's already got a grip on you. Y'all ever seen these big old snakes people go out and hunt on television? The pythons or whatever? I watch, I've watched people get wound up by them snakes before. You can't reach out there and grab a hold of that snake and pull it off you. It's already got a grip on you. <clears throat> it takes someone to help unwind that snake off of you. Same way with sin. When sin has that grip on you and has you wound up, it's only going to be God that can get that snake off you. That snake of sin. You'll never get a hold of something that's already got a hold on you. It takes God, it takes the blood of Christ to get that grip of sin off you. You'll never get a hold of something that's already got a grip on you. you got backsliding. When you're backslidden, you know what the hardest... Pr thing about being backslidden is is realizing you're backslidden have you ever been like oh wow look at me I'm in a bad place right now we don't do that do we we're comfortable usually ain't we it's pretty comfortable being this this little place we're at we're not working for the Lord we're not 
We're not doing nothing. We're not out of our comfort zone. We're just sitting here taking it easy, doing our thing. We're comfortable when we get backslidden a lot of times. We're in our little place. And we don't like to admit it. We just be quiet about it. We do our thing. And pretend like it's not happening. But the Lord gets our attention usually, don't he? The Lord will tell us, say, this ain't right. He'll chastise us. He'll bring us back to reality a lot of times. But the problem is realizing we're backslidden because we're comfortable. It's hard to admit that we sin, that we do wrong, because humans have P-R-I-D-E. If you don't have pride, if you never have pride, stand up and raise your hands again. If you never, ever have pride in your life, not that it rules us, but a lot of times we have pride. We don't want to admit we do things wrong. But I've just, done, I've just talked about this, and it's kind of boring. It kind of bogs you down. But I've just said these simple things to say that we're born dead in sin. We're born in a situation that we're going to hell if we don't have the blood of Christ applied to us. We have to accept him. So I want to change gears for just a second. And if you don't mind, I want you to raise your hand when I ask you this. Who's had CPR training in here or ever done CPR? Who's that? Have y'all had the AED training before? Anybody ever actually done CPR? Okay. So I'm going to ask y'all some questions. <clears throat> what does the AED do to the heart? Anybody know? It shocks it, right? delivers a shock to the heart. The defibrillator delivers a shock to the heart, through the heart actually, when it goes into cardiac arrest. It basically means that your heart is when defibrillation. It's doing this little weird quiver thing. It's not doing that normal thump, 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 right? It's not moving the blood around like it should. It means your heart's got out of, the, out of rhythm. It means that your heart is going to die. Your body's going to die because it's out of rhythm. Something's not like it should be. It's not beating normal. So it means you need to have either CPR or AED. So I'm going to read to y'all. I want y'all to think about this on an earthly side. I want y'all to think about this on a spiritual side as I read this to you. I went online and looked up the American Heart Association what it means for AED, what you need it for, and what it actually does, okay? Y'all bear with me on this spiritually. AED is for sudden cardiac arrest. It's an automated external defibrillator. It's used to analyze the heart's rhythm. If necessary, to deliver a shock to the heart and reestablish an effective rhythm. Listen, when you spiritually get out of rhythm with the Lord, when your heart's not spiritually beating right, Sometimes you have to have a shock go through there, don't you? When you're lost, when you're going to hell, you need the blood of Christ applied to that heart. You need that shock applied to your heart. Sometimes you have to have that shock applied when you're out of rhythm with them too, don't you? But you, does anybody know what the one thing that has to happen to have a shock from the AED is? It's got to be one thing happening to be shocked. And it surprises most people. You have to have a heartbeat. You can't shock a dead person. 
Right, brother? You can't shock a dead person. You know what has to happen to be saved this morning? You've got to have a heartbeat. That's all you have to have. If you've got a heartbeat this morning, there's still hope. If you've got a heartbeat this morning, you can still be saved. That's all you have to have is a heartbeat. That's all you have to have. Just like the defibrillator, the blood of Christ, get that heart in rhythm. Get that heart right. It'll get everything where it needs to be. Now listen about CPR. Cardiac pulmonary resuscitation. When the heart stops beating or beats too ineffectively. Listen, when your heart stops beating effectively for the Lord, He don't like that. When you get out of rhythm with the Lord and it's not beating effectively, you've got to get things right with Him. There's seven steps to CPR. Seven steps. First step is you call 911. The second step, you assess the scene. Third step, you open the airway. Fourth step, you check for breathing. The fifth step is you do 30 compressions. The second step, or the sixth step, you do two rescue breaths. The seventh step is you repeat the cycle. Now let's think about this on the spiritual level of things. When the heart stops or beats too ineffectively for the Lord, you need Christ's perfect resuscitation. Instead of calling 911, you need to call on Jesus. When things have fallen apart, when that loved one's in the hospital, when that, that, that child or that grandchild or that mom or that dad is, is in the hospital or, or feel like they're out of reach or they're out of hope, when, when you're hitting your knees and, and it just feels like it's too late, whatever the situation might be, I don't know, only God knows. You call on Jesus. That's 911, ain't it? That's the 911 that you need to call. Man can only do so much, but God can do everything. Call on Jesus. Two, assess the scene. That's what the, that's what the world does. That's what the world tells you to do. But two, spiritually, you're going to assess what's going on in your life. What's wrong? If something's holding you back from God, if something's holding you back from Christ, assess what's going on in your life. Assess what's holding you back. Three, open the airways, what the world says to do. But you might want to, three, check what's got your airway clogged spiritually. See what you're taking into your body. See what's going in there. See what you put in is what's inside of you. If you're putting filth inside of you, then that becomes who you are. That becomes what you are. If, if drugs go in you, if uh, something pornographic goes in you, if you're ingesting stuff of this world you shouldn't be ingesting, that becomes who you are. That sin will eat you up. And it will affect your walk with the Lord. It will affect you inside out. So assess what's coming inside your body. Number five, it says to give 30 compressions. Excuse me.
excuse me, I'm gonna, I, just, I jumped one here. Number four just says check for breathing. Number four, spiritually, you want to check for spiritual life. You want, to, you want to see how your spiritual walk is with the Lord. Are you in your Bible? Are you reading your Bible? See, if you want to see what the Lord has to say about something, if you want to see what the Lord wants you to do, you look in here. Don't look for an audible voice. Don't look for a man's opinion. You can talk to every man in this world, but man is simply just man. See what this Bible has to say. If you want answers, get in here. Check, check your spiritual life. <clears throat> See how your spiritual walk is. But this is where I got a little bit confused. This is where I stumbled at. This is where I didn't know where to go from here. A few hours passed by in studying. I had to leave it alone. I couldn't figure the rest of this out. The Lord didn't give it to me right away. It says, give 30 compressions. I'm, Lord, I don't understand 30 compressions. How does that apply spiritually? Do you all understand that? How do you spiritually give 30 compressions? Then it says, two rescue breaths. I couldn't understand that. As I studied this out, I was getting ready for church, getting ready to walk out the door, and the Lord just hit me. He says, that's not for you to do. That's for me to do. The Lord will take care of it. The Lord will give you your 30 compressions. You've got to hand it over to Him. He'll give you the rescue breath. The Lord will do the working on the inside. The Lord will give you the compressions. He'll do the, the moving your heart. He'll do the moving the blood around. He'll do the work. you just got to let Him do the work. Sometimes we have to get out of His way and let Him do His thing. Let him do the, the, the inside part while we do the outside part. So five and six, 30 compressions, two rescue breaths. The compressions and rescue breaths, that's God's inside work. Number seven is repeat. When we're doing this spiritual CPR, when, we're, when our heart's out of rhythm with him, just keep doing what we got to do. Just keep working for him. Just keep doing what the Lord wants you to do. Keep working for Him. Just keep going. Sometimes these trials of life will come our way. Sometimes heartache will come. And we have to endure it. Not for our sake. Brother, you was talking about that today. Sometimes things come our way that's not about us. Sometimes it's about other people. We might be in the lines then, brother. It might be about something the Lord has in store that's bigger than just us. Uh, Daniel 3, 26-28 talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they endured the fiery furnace. They, they cranked that furnace up, brother. They cranked it up hot. And they threw them boys in there. They killed the, the, it killed the guys cranking that furnace up, getting it hot. It killed the, the guys cranking it up there. Burn them up. But as I read this story right here, I want y'all to listen to something. The king, the king got touched. This just didn't, this, this just didn't affect Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It touched the king and the people around it as they saw that fourth man in the fire. And then boys come out of the fire and didn't even have a singe on them. They didn't even smell like fire. I want to read this story to you right here. It says, Then 
Nebuchadnezzar came near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw the men upon whose bodies had no fire, nor was a hair on their heads singed, neither was their coats charred or changed, nor the smell of fire had passed upon them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted in him and have no charge of the king's words and yielded their bodies that they might have no have not served nor worship any god except for their own god. Uh, it says the most high god is how the king referred to him. And these governors and this king, Nebuchadnezzar, recognized God, our God, the God, as the most high God. It changed his opinion when he saw this happen right here. Uh, these boys' fiery trial that they went through, it changed Nebuchadnezzar. It touched him. He got a shock to his heart when he saw them boys in that fire and them come out of it alive and fine. Uh, you look at uh, Jonah. You can look at Jonah 3, 5, and 6. Uh, Jonah, he was a, a prophet, and he was a popular guy at the time. He was a, a who's who at the time. And God told him to go to Nineveh. And he didn't want to, and he followed him. Jonah had revival in a well. I don't think he wanted to be in that well, but he had a little bit of revival in that well. He went and preached, and he saved, God saved the whole city of people, a king, everybody, top to bottom. That, that delivered a shock to the heart of a whole city of people because of God using Jonah. Jonah's trial wasn't just about Jonah. When you have a trial in your life, people... A lot of times it's not just about you, it's not just about me, it's about other people. It might use that a spiritual defibrillator, it might apply spiritual CPR to somebody's heart you don't know. You may never even see it. So we have to be working for God today. We have to be telling them about Jesus Christ and His blood. We have to be working for Him. Even when it gets hard, even when it's not easy. Even when you get the medicine for your hip that causes gout and makes you not feel good and you don't have any hair but you're having a bad hair day. Even when it goes like that. And I don't, I've never in my life ever had a morning like this morning and yesterday. <laughs> I guess that happens when you turn 40. I guess. I don't know. But I want to read to you about another fellow here. <clears throat> Paul. Paul held the coats as Stephen was stoned to death. Y'all know about Stephen. Stephen was a good man. Paul held the coats while Stephen was stoned to death. Stephen got brought into heaven as Christ stood on the right hand of God. That's an honor. That's probably the highest honor has ever been talked about right there. For Stephen, for Paul, that was probably the lowest low in Paul's life right there. Paul stood before that as it happened. And I'm going to read to you here, Acts 9, 1 through 9. 
It says in Saul, now Paul was still Saul at this point, yet breathing out threatening and slaughters against the disciples, the Lord went out unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, if he found any on this way, whether they were man or woman, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there stood around him a light from heaven. Saul's life changed right here. You talk about getting spiritual CPR right here. You talk about getting your heart shocked. Y'all remember when you got saved? Y'all remember when you give your life to Christ? Remember when you just, everything changed, the world seemed different, and that burden got lifted off you because you give your life to Christ? This is when Paul gave his life to Christ. This is when everything changed him. Paul calls himself the chief of sinners right here. He realized that at this point, came near, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me do? He didn't argue, did he? Paul didn't argue. Paul didn't fight. He just said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men journeyed with him, stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight and did not eat nor drink. Boy, Paul had, a, he had an encounter there, didn't he? Paul had a shock to his heart that changed his whole life. This situation was bigger than Paul. Paul may have touched more people than anybody through the Old Testament. And maybe to this day, I don't know. But Paul, Paul he, he had a big impact he had a spiritual shock to his heart. But I'm going to tell you something. Only Jesus Christ could have got a hold of Paul's heart. And only Jesus Christ can get a hold of your heart. Only Jesus can touch your heart this morning. What a difference Jesus can make. We see we're dead in our sins. We see that only Christ can revive us from our sins. And only Christ can make you alive forevermore. Only He can shock your heart into rhythm. Uh, I've said all this, I brought all this to light to say, how's your heart this morning? Everybody in here, young, old, how's your heart? As I just said, I turned 40 July this year. I went to my doctor and uh, she told me earlier on, she said, you got to lose some weight. She said, everything's out of control. She said, you know, your blood pressure is up, your sugar is borderline. I mean, it was everything, wasn't it? So I saw her a little later on, right when I turned 40, and I had lost how many? About 70 pounds. And I brought everything down, and she said, Wow. I said, She said, Why'd you do that? I said, Well, you told me to. She said, But no one ever loses weight, no one ever drops the pounds. And I said, Well, you told me to. And she was all shocked about it. But I was concerned about my heart. 
I don't want to get my heart out of shape. I don't want to die. But spiritually, your, your heart, your soul is the most important thing. If you know Christ is the most important thing, how's your heart? Has that blood of Christ been applied to your heart? That's the most important thing. How's your heart? Spiritually, do you know Jesus Christ this morning? How's your heart? Have you had that shock delivered that Christ comes into your heart and applies that blood? Has he changed your life? Have you had that encounter with him? Has he done for you what he's done for everybody else that knows him? Has he changed your direction? Ephesians 4, 22-24 says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true and holiness. Have you got rid of the old this morning? Have you put on the new? That's what I'm asking you. Do you know them? Have you got rid of the old put on the new? Are you right with the Lord? Are you in rhythm with Him? Is your heart in rhythm with Him? Have you had an encounter like Paul has? You changed your life. Are you saved? See, the thing is, is we get tied up making plans for this evening, for next week. Next month, we'll have a vacation planned out for a little later on. We ain't guaranteed all that stuff. Y'all might not get home. If you don't know them, are you actually going to get home to heaven? That's what's important. Do you have plans to get home in heaven? That's what's important this morning. Do you have them plans arranged to get to heaven? I made a little note here. I, I try to always tell myself this. Sometimes I have trouble getting things going and getting things started. Uh, I get overwhelmed. I keep a little note for myself. It says uh, three easy steps to get started. It starts with you and no one else. It starts here, not later. It starts now, not tomorrow. If you're lost, right now is your time. It's right now. It's not tomorrow. It starts here. It starts with you, and it starts now. Do you know them? I want to ask everyone to uh, just bow their heads, close their eyes for a minute. Do you know them this morning? Do you know Jesus? If you don't, the altar's always open. It don't belong to me. This belongs to the Lord. This altar's always open. Come up here and do business with them. Is your heart in rhythm with them? This belongs to the Lord. It don't belong to us. You come do business with Him. Anybody need need to come do business? You come on do business with Him. Do you know the Lord? Once the Lord gets your heart in rhythm, get your church in rhythm. Boy, what a change it makes, don't it? This church here is just wonderful. It's just a wonderful church. Payment's been made on Calvary. All you have to do is accept Jesus as Lord today. Do you know Him? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here this morning, Lord God. Lord, we just thank you for being our God. We thank you for our Lord and Savior going to Calvary for us, Lord God, and giving his life on that cruel cross, Lord God, that we could see heaven one day, Lord God. Lord, we just pray if there be one lost here, Lord, any church, any county, any country, Lord God, we pray you just touch them and save them, Lord God. We just want to see everyone go to heaven that can, Lord God. We pray that you'd just touch them. Lord, but we pray especially for this church, these people. Lord, we pray for our church. Lord, pray for our revival going on, Lord God. We pray you'd just touch it and show up. Lord, be with those preachers that's going to preach. Pray be with Brother Derek, Lord God. Lord, we want to lift you up, Lord God. We want to lift up the name of Jesus, Lord God. Help us be a light. Lord, help us stand boldly for you, Lord God. Lord, we ask all this in Jesus Christ's heavenly name. Amen. I want to share this with y'all, and we'll close out here, and I'll hand the service back over to you, brother. But I was reading, was it two weeks ago, Jesse, that uh, there was ten young ladies down at Auburn University. Was it five? I started praying together. Five young ladies. It led to how many? Was it a thousand? Five thousand. I'm bad with numbers. You'll have to keep correcting me. They had gathered and started praying and doing Bible study. And I forget how many it was that had got baptized and saved down there. How many? 200 had got baptized and saved. Saved and baptized. But it started from five young ladies. Five getting together praying. Five young ladies doing something. They just done something. That's all we got to do is just do something, right? We just got to do something for the Lord. The worst thing we can do is just not do something. Because if we don't tell anybody about Jesus, we're not doing what he told us. He says, go ye into all nations. This is, this is a place right here. And tell them about Jesus. We just got to do something today. So I just want to encourage everyone just to do something. Don't be scared to. Don't be nervous to. We just got to do something, don't we, brother? Thank you all for letting me come and preach. Tell about Jesus this morning. Love y'all and appreciate you guys. Thank you, brother.